Hi, you guys want some cookies? Welcome to the garage. Welcome to yet another and maybe the final episode of the Throwback Podcast. Dan Hans is here, uh, joined as always by my bosom buddy. You know who he is, don't you? Fucking pretend you don't. He's an icon, Bob Castro. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Is that the saying? <laughs> is that your senior quote? I think there's. <laughs> I think it might have been. <laughs> Which would be perfect if it was, because uh, we're doing the countdown uh, of April 1998. Which is probably around where the deadline would have been to get in your senior quote. Yeah. Because we graduated in June of we that did, year. We did, 20 years ago. Are we going to the reunion? Let's start there. Are we going to our 20-year reunion? I don't We are 3,000 miles away. That is, that is a problem. Also, again, I don't feel like we need to see everybody because we all exist on Facebook and we kind of know everything that's happening. Are you saying, Bob, that Facebook ruined the idea of a high school reunion? Yes or no? That is too hot of a take. That is too hot <laughs> of a take. That is a fire take. Can't take that take. Fuck, Bob. I mean, maybe we'll go. I don't know. We have nothing to be ashamed of. We're still super hot. I think we... Maybe we show up I mean, and just show everybody how hot we are. Physically, maybe in decline, but um, <laughs> we certainly have nothing to be ashamed of uh, in terms of how the last 20 years have gone. We... We are not in jail. We have coolish jobs. We have children, We, which shows that we've had sex. Yeah, we've not, and wouldn't not with each other even. I would go I would go to the reunion if there was a clear path to do so. I'm not going to bend over backwards for it. But I'm wondering if if what you're saying is true. Do people not really do reunions or go to reunions anymore because of Facebook? No, I'm sure people are still doing it and going. And I would like to go if it was like, like you said, an easy sort of way to get in there. Uh, I don't want to travel for a reunion, but I'm also kind of worried if we're there because one element of uh, post-graduation life that we've talked about right. that we're a little like, I'm not going to say obsessed with, but close to obsessed with mm-hmm. is the fact that to the best of our knowledge, right. nobody from our graduating class has died yet. Yes, according to our data, and we have tracked this rather closely. Pretty closely. Uh, you would have expected, I would say, if you had to set an over-under, 20 years post-graduation, so everyone in their late 30s, and you factor in all the ways one can die yeah. uh, via natural causes, um, you know, your, your cancers, your AIDS, uh, your, <laughs> your car AIDS. accidents... You're, you know, right. There's a lot of ways to die. We know that. We know heart that. valve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, just getting hit by a car. No, we get it. We get it. There are a lot you of ways to die. Step off a train Again. and you, you bump your head. Very and then redundant. You slip into a coma from which you never recover. Well, so many ways to die. And yet, to the best of our knowledge, no one dead yet. I feel like that's cause for so, a celebration. No, but if we here's, can get to here's it. my big fear. We go to the reunion, we're drunk. Cause, oh, um, we die? No, no. Oh, okay. We're drunk, and we're just making small talk with somebody we knew 20 years ago, and we drunkenly like, hey, could you believe that nobody's dead? And then they just look at you, like stare you dead in the eye and go, you know, Steve died like 14 years ago. And it's like- I know the Steve you're talking about. Any Steve. It would be fine if he was dead. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm sure he's fine. No, I'm joking. Um, 
But yeah, so I don't know. I like the final destination aspect of it too. Maybe everyone dies at the reunion. reunion. Possible. Except for us because we don't go. And then death comes to find us. Bob, you taking notes? This could be a screenplay. This could be it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so we uh, are going to talk about uh, what is the actual um, designation, Bob, for the Billboard playlist? The top 10 alternative songs the week of April 18th. Uh, 1998, which was 20 years ago. I can't believe you're just week. like diving into this episode without, you know, we glossed over that this is probably our last episode. I mean, do we have to dwell on it? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. There is a certain level of resignation on my part, but also like if you are listening to this show and if you have been listening to every show, maybe this is a good opportunity to say thank you because uh, that's pretty cool and we appreciate it. Uh, but also, uh, do you really want to hear us complaining about how we don't get to do the show? It doesn't anymore? have I mean, to be a complaint, but I yeah. like that you said thank you. I thought you were going to tell them to go fuck themselves. That's a big. That's at the end of the show, shows, or at some point in the middle. But of the that show. shows a lot of growth from you. Like if you're if you're tracking our show like a like a like a peak TV television series, we've seen you grow from an angry person who tells people to fuck themselves. I'm to the same a, angry person to a thank you at the end. That was a big evolution for your character. Go fuck yourself, Bob. How about that? A bit regressive. I'm just going to change the direction of my anger and inner rage. That leaves the door open for a spinoff, perhaps. (laughs) Yeah, we don't know. Maybe this is the last episode. Maybe it's not. uh, But like we said last week, if you missed last week's banger of an episode uh, in which we talked about No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom, uh, we will be moving. uh, We're in the process of finding a new hosting home for our archive, and we hope we're able to continue to do new episodes. But... Everything's kind of up in the air. So all we know right now is that we have this episode to share with you and we'll see what happens after that. So this is what, Bob, our 38th episode of the Throwback Podcast? 37 or 8, yeah. Yeah, so if you haven't listened to all the episodes, please do and tell a friend if you enjoy it because uh, that would help as well. Yeah, we could we could totally wet hot American summer this thing and you think that it's a one-off, but all of a sudden there's like a little buzz Things right. get going, and all of a sudden, we're doing like Netflix series with the Throwback Podcast. And in that's in in that uh, analogy, I feel like you would be the Michael Showalter character, where everyone else like aged really well, and then it's like, damn, Mike doesn't look the same. We actually have to make a big joke about it. I think that would be your role when we reboot this thing. All I'm thinking is like, as a director, I would kill to be Michael Showalter right now because he directed <laughs> The Big Sick and he's doing great stuff. So right. I'll take that. I'll take that physical dig. Dig. Yeah. To have his success. So thank you. Uh, but the dig doesn't give you the success. I know that. <laughs> That's I'm not still, how it works. I'm still taking it's it. That's not how dig transfer works. Really? All right. We got to write this down somewhere so I can really follow this. Uh, yeah, I'm excited, though, because it's interesting and we're going to get into all the songs. But and we've talked about it on this podcast, Bob, that kind of peak 90s alternative we view as like a 94 into 97 era Mm -hmm. but here we are we're going to go through these songs and i fucking love so many of these here's the amazing thing about this out of all of our 37 episodes we've never done an album from 1998 somehow that is very interesting right so we should change that bob in a way to do it here we go just to get into the most important band of the 1990s and really any decade. Just to check out the late night record shop. 
The bare naked ladies. Oh, I know. When I'm surrounded, I just can't stop. So this is the. This, I mean, this song starts terribly. I mean, you, you were, you were standing for uh, the bare naked ladies back in the '90s. I remember that. I was into the the, the ladies, the BNL in the late '90s. Yeah. This is the album cut. It's not the live rock spectacle version. <laughs> I knew you'd appreciate. I knew you'd appreciate that. Was that the single? This was the single, the live cut. Do I have to dig in to find the live cut? No, I think they were both singles. What did they used to they used to throw like Hershey bars on the stage or some uh, bullshit? Kraft macaroni and cheese, I oh, would think. God. Yeah. That's this is why Canada struggles to get respect globally. Well, there's a few reasons, but yeah, it does this does not help their cause. Here, pump this part up. So I'm a lion here. Just stare This is rock. One band I never got. I never understood. Oh, come on. You were big into Broke Into the Old Department. I didn't like that song. But that, I mean, they were way too, like, cutesy for me. And, this like, is where we used to live. They were way too, like, aren't we smart? Like, that's the difference. We're like a band of guys that are funny. <laughs> and, oh, we could write a melody, though. And it was like, Oh, who do you like more, the chubby singer or... <laughs> or the, the not-as-chubby singer. <laughs> yeah, the affable guitarist. They're both gifted songwriters with All right, a sense we get of it. humor. We get it. You don't like Canadians. It's very evident. Here. I just... I don't. I didn't understand it. It was like, bare-naked ladies. I remember going nice on my college tour at Towson, and the tour guide at some point mentioned the bare-naked ladies, and I had, like, kind of known them at that point but because this cool pretty college tour guide mentioned the bare naked ladies i like went home and bought rock spectacle it was like this is what college kids listen to it was they were very big in college and i uh yeah i mean when you think about it too like their big hit that was the number one single which was was it the wasabi rhymes uh one week one week uh that was really the peak moment of even though they're Canadian music like pre 9-11 ref <laughs> yes uh, maybe our last one dumb innocence of America yeah, yeah. the stupid insipid silly like completely inessential goofy <laughs> rock pop song could be the song that all the dads uh, and, and and moms like could sing with their kids the late 90s like 98 99 i know there's always been hate this band there's always been dumb music there will always be dumb music there's dumb music now but that was kind of the golden age of dumb music yes you had one week and all star and fly and and barbie girl and mambo number five like there was uh tub thumping there were so many great dumb songs and then sometimes like Overly um, impressed with themselves, like pop culture historians will plug in and on these like listicle shows and be like, 
it was a perfect sign of the times. But actually, it was true in this case. Yeah. Like, all this music made sense because there was some bad shit going on in the late 90s. Like, Columbine happened, and there was Oklahoma City bombing. Like, shitty stuff was going on occasionally. Yeah. There was some bad stuff going on in Somalia, Bob, if you remember. Um, our president uh, had his dick sucked. <laughs> yes. Don't forget that. Uh, there was a Bosnian conflict that we were dealing with. Our immoral, disgusting president right. did yes. had, had intercourse out of wedlock. There was that limited skirmish in the Middle <laughs> East. Uh, but then, like, the idea of, like, Clinton splooging on the dress. Right. That was viewed as, like... Oh, holy beyond shit. the pale. Plus the cigar. I'm still disgusted that a president would act that way. Where's the dress, Bill? Got it. Nailed it. So let's listen to some good songs from. You think that song that is good, You still think Brian Wilson holds up? I like the other version better. And yes, it does, Dan. <laughs> Here's a great fucking song. Undeniably yes. great. I thought I saw a man born to lie. Sing it. He was warm, he came around like he was dignified. He showed me what it was to cry. Well, you couldn't be that man I adore. You don't seem to know, you seem to care what your heart is for. Well, I don't know him anymore. There's nothing where he used to lie. The conversation has one. Hot take. Natalie Imbruglia, hottest singer of the 90s. Here's why you need Come at me, bro. I think she needs an asterisk. Why? You gotta like Roger Clemens asterisk her next to all of her records. Because she was an actress? Yes. Okay, that's fair. Because that would be like, you know, if any soap opera actress that's gorgeous in America put out a number one single. Okay, that's fair. But I, I just feel like history maybe is forgotten. Oh, yeah, absolutely. How super hot Imbruglia was in this video when she's like standing in the apartment with her like with like Will Ferrell. Cargo pants. Was it Will Ferrell? The guy that looks just like Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> and she was really nailing the pixie haircut. Yeah. And she just had like, I was just right up my alley as like a teenager that didn't get any. Well, she was like the evolutionary Lisa Loeb. Because like we had Loeb a few years earlier. Yeah, I could see that for sure. You know, like a very similar kind of video. And then Imbruglia came and just took it up a notch. Uh, this definitely is also one of those songs that, uh, and we talked about it last week with Just a Girl. I feel like if this song came out tomorrow, it would be a huge hit. I feel like this is just one of those, it's like a, a perfect pop song to me. Yeah, I agree. Love it. I feel What's like, not uh, to like about I bet this song? Natalie Imbruglia and uh, the girl from the Cardigans would like get along. Nina? Nina, yeah, Natalie and Nina. They'd get along. Uh, the other thing about this song is I remember it came out and then in 98, 99, the actual songwriter, which has to be a bit of a kick in the nuts, even though you're making money off it, yeah, um, was on Howard Stern and they performed their version of it. And uh, I remember Stern being like, oh, that's a way better version. And that was obviously debatable, but... Uh, Imbruglia didn't write this. This was a song that was already, I think, written and released. Yeah, I think it was released. And then The Coupling Star. I think that was the name of the soap opera sounds right. in Australia. 
uh, turned it into something next level. Great song. Ah, I can listen to that all day. In fact, I think it's something that could be on the Spotify playlist. I was watching some Australian television recently. Don't ask. And <laughs> I really want to. It's such a interesting world over there because they just have like, I mean, I guess it's any country, but right. for Australia, there's just they have the best accents in the world. Yeah, it's I think pretty number damn one good. accents. And they're just they just seem like a generally happy people. Right. So well, like, the Steve Irwin thing probably they're still them for a loop. <laughs> they're still recovering from the Steve Irwin loss. Yeah, it's probably still an ongoing. But even their process, local but... news is just like Crikey! From what I've seen, I sting right got me. <laughs> of all animals, outside I've of the been Steve, outside, gators. outside of the Steve Irwin tragedy, Crikey! they've had nothing but good times. If ever you think... start losing your Australian <laughs> accent, it's like oh, it's starting to sound Irish or British. Yell, crikey! Just say Crikey. It pulls you back. It's like, the guys are coming after me. Crikey. Yeah, you got you it, get back. it back. It's yeah. back. Noted uh, impressionist Daniel Keith Hansis. <laughs> nailing it. Uh, what were you saying? <laughs> I don't know. Australians are happy people. That's a happy song. I like Natalie Imbruglia. It's actually not a happy song. But she makes it's it happy. About she's like. Oh, is that? Okay. Yeah. I like Australians. That's really I'm all I'm supposed to do saying. a sad person. You? What was your favorite episode of the Throwback Podcast? If this is the last one, what's your favorite? If you could tell, if you could tell listeners and maybe a new listener to listen to one episode of the Throwback Podcast, what would it be? It would be the episode with Nikki. That was the most fun I think I had doing this. Our 9-11 episode. Our, our 2001 episode, yes. That turned into a 9-11 episode very quickly. But that was a lot of fun. It was great hanging out with Nikki, and it was a really fun episode to do. Yeah, that was very good. I uh, would put that near the top. I also really liked uh, doing the show with uh, Gabrus when we talked about John Gabrus. We talked about Weezer. We did the Blue Album. Uh, but... I'm going to go, for sentimental reasons, our Tom Petty special. Well, yeah, that was great. Which we recorded literally like 10 minutes after we found out uh, that Thomas Earl Petty passed away. Uh, And that was, I remember thinking at the time, I think we even talked about it, that even if this podcast doesn't go on forever, after Tom Petty died, we were able to go into the garage and talk about Tom Petty's songs that we loved the most. And that really was therapy. Like, it was much needed that night. Yeah. So yeah, if you don't if you don't have time or you're going to be a fucking asshole about it and not listen to all the episodes, pick those two. Yeah, those are good. Those are, the, those are the good ones. Uh, this is one of my favorite songs of all time, Bob. It's kind of perfect that we're playing this on our potentially last episode because this is the song that gets us sued. Right. I was. I thought you were going to say because the title is Bittersweet Symphony. And there's that, but makes no. Makes sense too. Not the. We're not going to get sued by the Verb. The Rolling Stones are going to finally come after us. You know, my dad. Keith is the biggest Rolling Stones fan. Uh, and this song came on. He was visiting from New York uh, a couple months ago. And this song came on, like a mix I was playing. And I told him the story. And if you don't know it, if you hear that little string section, dun, 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 that was from a Rolling Stones song. I not, don't even think not, was- not the big dominant strings that you're hearing. Not like... Oh, not that one? No, it's not that. 
It's, it's another string. It's like background instruments. Okay. Yeah. Which is even worse. Anyway, uh, it was lifted from a Rolling Stones song, this one string section, and the Rolling Stones, uh, led by Mick Jagger, uh, were extremely litigious about it, successfully sued the Verve, who never had another big international hit like this, and now, and now, anytime the song is on the radio, anytime the Verve move a unit connected to this album, it goes straight into the pockets of Keith Richards and Mick Jagger, two of the richest motherfuckers in the world. In fact, it's not even Bob. I don't know if you know this. You probably do. You worked at Viacom. I did. It's not even co-written by Richard Ashcroft. No, it's just written by... This song, this entire fucking song, because of a lawsuit, is written by Mick, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, the fucking Glimmer Twins, <laughs> and they get all the money associated with this song. It's unbelievable. It gets me mad, and I don't even... I have so many other things to get mad yeah, about. Yeah, you don't have a dog in this fight. I'm so angry whenever I hear this, <laughs> and I think of... Yeah, well, it's absurd. Fucking this the is, stone screwing. This is one of the biggest songs of the year one of the best my opinion one of the best songs of the 90s sneaky and discussion for one of the best videos of the 90s too it was a very cool video yeah and now he's touring with liam gallagher is he yes oh that's cool i think um, liam or no, one of them that's a great pairing in fact if you are an oasis file you know that noel wrote cast no shadow about richard ashcroft off what's the story morning glory one of the albums that we covered uh, on the throwback pod, which you should check out. Oh, we never did. Definitely, maybe. Mm. Motherfuckers. Mm-mm-mm. All right. So those are three songs that, we, that were just outside the top ten, and uh, now we'll get into the top ten, and we'll start with one of the most important musicians and groups in the history of popular culture. You know who it is, bitch. Our Lady Peace. Suitcase keeps you awake. Hide the telephone, the telephone. It's like if you ever had a like what would Billy Corgan's voice sound like if it was 30% worse? to know that I'll be waving my hand watching you drown watching you scream quiet all so you know you're shitting on them there's at least four Our Lady P songs that I really like OLP songs name them this one okay Superman's Dead ah, yeah that was a cool song yeah uh, Starseed very underrated not familiar song. with that one you might recognize it. It was a very good song. And, oh, they had one other one. Shit. I get them confused with the... Is this Clumsy? Yes. This yeah, is clumsy. this is a good song. I get them confused with the band that, like, um, wrote all the songs about the troops. Uh, Three Doors Down? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love the well, troops. Well, no, I think... Are these guys Canadian? These guys are not American. Another Canadian? Group? These guys are wow. not American. Uh, love the troops, but I feel like uh, Three Doors That's Down puts you, you in a saying. tough spot. That's not what you were saying before we started recording. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> um, I don't, yeah. I feel like Three Doors Down put 
people in a tough spot because you want to support the troops. Yep. But you also hate shitty music. You hate bad music. That's yep. super popular and inescapable. Yep. Uh, and that's where I kind of put Our Lady Peace. Maybe Our Lady Peace, in the context of this countdown, is kind of a bridge or a warning to some of the shitty music that's going to come in the next 12 this months. This is not shitty. This is not a bad song. You think song. this is a good song? I do. Yeah, I like this song. I'm going to listen to the chorus again. Hang on. Like, I think the song right outside the top 10 was, uh, if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Shimmer by Fuel. Ooh, I love that song. This is the same kind of song. I think it's in that same. Shimmer's a way better song. It's in that same level of late 90s alt rock. Uh, yes, I, I think it, they fit nicely together yes. on any playlist. Yeah, I'm not going to like die for that song. I'm going to die on a mountain for that thing, but it's a good <laughs> It's good enough. It'd be enough. awesome if you literally died on a mountain for Our Lady Peace. <laughs> and then they wrote a shitty song about it. She calls me from the coast. Yeah, it's great. Just when I was this band played at Towson every year I was in college. They were just like one of those bands that would show up at every spring fling or something. They also like, remember Opie and Anthony? They had like a, a hit song called Baby Raper. That was Stephen Lynch. The uh, was that the singer of yeah, Fuel? But what? No. Was it that Fuel involved with Baby Raper? No. I think what happened was so Stephen Lynch was the comedian. Oh, then Fuel who performed did a song, it? and then Fuel was on the show. Smart career move. Maybe with him, or maybe not. That's a weird memory to have. I always thought they wrote the song. <laughs> I was like, guys, you're trying to have a moderately successful alternative rock career. This was number 12 that week. They wait, they take their time getting into it. Which is kind of I like when it hits yeah. right here with the drums. This is such a better song than Clumsy. Come on. It is, but it's in the same same world, same level. It's in the same tier. world. Tier? Same tier? It's not in the same ballpark, though. Fine. Different ballpark, same tier, same world. Uh, that is all right. So that was number twelve, and that uh, our we lady piece was no, ten. No, we got to start the whole podcast over because we were at ten, and then you went to twelve. <laughs> People are listening to make sure we do it in the right order. You're my hero, Bob. Get is the, it? Is this our first Foo Fighters? Yeah, we've been wanting to do this album for a long time, uh, and we might not get a chance to, but at least we get to do the most famous single from the album. My hero. Coming at you. 95.5 PLJ, the Foo Fighters. Pretty good. What's your uh, favorite Foo Fighters song? It's uh, a good question. Um, first of all, I just want to say regarding this song, when it came out, I didn't love it. And 
in retrospect, I should have appreciated it more because it's a great fucking song. It's really good, yeah. And it got really, it got played a lot, maybe overplayed, and it showed up on the Varsity Blues soundtrack or the trailer, and it was kind of inescapable. But I listen to it now, and I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah, I'm really liking Which it. Which song now. sounded like this? No. I'm liking it more now than I did that. Uh, the answer to your question, Everlong, which is also on this album, is my favorite from Fudge. And that was probably the biggest single ever. Bigger than this one? I think so. Yeah, mm. it was really big. And then they also did a, uh, speaking of Howard Stern, they did a great acoustic version uh, of Baby Stern Raper. of Everlong, that then, a Baby Raper, that then K-Rock in New York uh, put on the airwaves. And then that became almost the more famous version of the single Everlong, which we're not talking about. But right. I love my hero. This is great. It's really good. I think uh, This Is A Call is also up there for me. Yeah, I love Their first single ever, yep. Foo Fighters, which we, I remember we got it at Tapeville, USA in Rockland County. came out, because we were very excited about it coming out. I remember that. I mean, if you were <clears throat> fans of Nirvana, when you started, when the buzz started building via like Rolling Stone and Spin articles about, and literally nowhere else, because where else were you getting news? There was no Blender yet. Yeah, there was no Blender wasn't around. Oh, what a weird time to think. No Blender. Pre-Blender. Um, but there was so much great buzz about the Foo Fighters, which was really, the first album was just Dave Grohl playing all the instruments. And it, Yeah, and it was exciting because you were like, oh my God, I can't wait to listen to this album to tide me over until Chris Novoselic's album. Because <laughs> I'm sure. It's Bob, it's Chris. I said Chris. I, I, I was soft on the T. I was soft on the T. Got to go hard as fuck on the T. Yeah, you're right. Because he was hard as fuck. He was hard as fuck. Um, yeah, but this is a great fucking single. I always liked uh, that song, Next Year. I like that one. Yeah, it's a good song. Um, was this song about Kurt Cobain? Or was it one of those things like everybody thought it was about Kurt Cobain? I think it was about Bud Kilmer. Really? Yeah, this was a total Varsity Blues... Oh, I was thinking of someone else. Yeah, clearly. You're talking about the, the John Boyd's character yes. in Varsity Blues. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Now well, the video was directed by Dave Grohl. I don't remember the video, actually. Me neither. And the song was featured in the climactic scene of the final football game. Bob, what happened in the climactic scene of the final football game of Varsity Blues? Got to get this right. Well, you're talking about at halftime when the team rebels against their coach and uh, he leaves in shame. Right, but that is not when that happened. That's not when the song plays. Oh, well, the song plays during uh, that final throw that uh, Mox has, right? Big old, big old Hail Mary. I don't remember. <laughs> See, you don't remember. What was it? Uh, oh, Billy Bob. Yeah. Fatty yes. McFatterson. Yes. Billy Bob. Some type of trick play. Trick play scores a touchdown to win the game. Dies then? That Maybe. comes later. Uh, and speaking of 9-11, uh, in a post-September 11th episode of CBS's The Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn, Grohl, Dave Grohl, and bassist Nate Mendel perform an acoustic rendition of the song, which I remember. And I saw Craig Kilborn recently uh, on the airplane back from the owners' meetings. Humble brag. I watched Old School, which holds up very well, surprisingly, Bob. Glad to hear. With the exception of Craigie Kilborn's performance. Oh, yeah, he's not a not good, good in it. Not a good actor. They could. I don't know if he was buddies with Todd Phillips. I'm sure he was. Or yeah, what? I'm sure they were just picking up girls together. <laughs> I like the idea. I like the idea of Todd Phillips and Craig Kilborn in just, 2000 just picking up. <laughs> 
chicks on the Sunset Boulevard. Oh, yeah. All right. Speaking of chicks, Bob, they're women. Wait a minute. Garbage. Whoa. This is my favorite garbage bridge, Bob. You ready? Yep. I bet you're listening to this right now and you're saying, shit, I forgot about this song. Yeah. That's what I'm saying right now. This is a great, great, it's really great good. forgotten garbage classic. Yeah, garbage was good. Yeah. They had some great songs. I, I like that Garbage had a sense of humor about themselves. Uh, you name yourself Garbage. Uh, but then when they had a Greatest Hits CD they put out like 15 years ago, they called it Absolute Garbage. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> nice well job. done. Well done, Butch Vig. Nice job, Butch Vig. Who produced what album, Bob? Never mind. Yeah, bro. Um, You're on fire, Bob. I'm I'm smart. We, um, we loved Shirley Manson. And to this day, when I hear her voice, I think about this one like magazine interview she did. Not I thought with, you were going to say me. Nope, not uh, with Blender. It was a magazine before Blender. There's only one magazine, Bob, and it's Blender. And she, it was a, some comment about how I'm the type of girl who you could bring to a bring on a date with your family, and then I'll blow you under the table. Oh, surely. And it just destroyed my life at the time. Oh, my God. There was no coming back from that. Like, it was just like, wait, she said what? I remember reading it, like, over and over again, just being like, what the fuck is this? Oh, my God. Yeah, she was awesome. She was just this redheaded vixen from another land. Yes, exactly. Scottish. And it was probably better that you didn't hear her and talk. And just so sexy. Kind of a harsh uh, accent compared to the beautiful Australian accent. Of but course. Uh, she's up there, too. All right, Bob, Mount Rushmore, 90s chicks. Do it. Music chicks, 90s music. Yeah. Gwen. Gotta. Gotta. Um, do we count Natalie and Brulia? And just to be clear, that we're carnally. Oh! This isn't like great songwriter or whatever. I'm just like the women that you were most attracted to who were performing music in the 90s. All right, I'm going to throw it four now, but I reserve the right to change, swap okay. some in and out as the show goes on. Yep. Gwen Stefani. Yep. Uh, Shirley Manson. Okay. Natalie Imbruglia. Okay. Liz Fair. I like Fair. So that's my four. I, like I might, something might pop in my head, but right now that's what I'm going with. That's very good, and I'm sure we're missing someone. I will swap out Fair for a little... Peak Ethan Hawke era, Lisa Loeb. Yeah, I mean, I can't fault you for that at all. <laughs> I'm going to swap out three of them for Wilson Phillips <laughs> and keep in fair. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of transitions to a darker time in popular music. So we've been playing a lot of good songs, except for the uh, fucking bare naked ladies. Go fuck yourself, says uh, all of Canada. Uh,. And Our Lady Peace. So the two Canadian artists so far have been the only blights on this uh, collection of songs, in my opinion, anyway. 
But there was something coming to a blue wave rock radio. Shit. And uh, it was prefaced by this single from Creed. See, even they can't even get the fucking chorus so, right. Hold on. Before we bring this up, speaking of Canada, I was just reminded of, do you remember when we drove to Canada? When we, we flew to Buffalo. Yes. Then we hopped in the car and we drove over the border to Toronto. Right. To visit um, my girlfriend at the time and her friend. Right. Who you got to know. I engaged in a relationship could, with her we friend. We can say carnally. Uh, but no, any no, we can't. can't say that. Okay, I shouldn't say that. I'm married, but. but do you remember on the ride when we got close to the border, we were uh, pretending to freak out about crossing the border, so we wanted to blend in the best we could. Oh no, this sounds like a really bad. So day. we just queued up Brian Adams, Summer of '69, <laughs> and rolled down our windows and blasted it, and just there was like a line leading up to the toll booth or whatever it is to get in customs and we just kept on replaying the first like six notes of summer of 69 <laughs> over and over again and just being like we're cool we're okay that is such like a bob and dan bit we're idiots <laughs> and it worked we got into canada man yeah. yeah i remember this the the girl uh the women that you're referring to bob and and the one that i i had a, a relationship with trying really hard to get me into the tragically hip Yes. Another Canadian band, but I, although I never really fell in love with the Tragically Hip, they were a band that was very easy to respect. Yes, uh, maybe a little harder to love if you didn't have any type of allegiance to uh, like hockey and stuff. A lot of their songs are about hockey and stuff. They're very Canadian. Bare naked ladies too. You do have to have a, a, at least a minimal knowledge of hockey to enjoy Canadian. Really, music. they they sang about hockey. There'll be like a reference they here didn't and like there. Sports, the bare naked. Of course they did. Every no, Canadian right. likes hockey. It's not no, even not a sport. Them. They were they were like theater geeks. BNL. Yeah, but they everybody every Canadian likes hockey. Fact. Um. Anyway, never got into the tragically hip. Do you? I have a CD if you want it. No, my uh, girlfriend at the time tried to get me into the Trailer Park Boys, another Canadian export. That Let's calm down with that. Too. Didn't, didn't like, yeah. It's like, and then like, we have a sizey British audience for my other successful podcast. Well, that kind of depends on the metric you're using. I mean, I guess it is continuing. Listeners? That's part of a metric, yeah. But I guess it is continuing, so that does kind of put it in the yeah. lead as far as podcasts go. But actually, I don't want to even put it on the listeners, but this goes back maybe a little further. Um, when we were living in Hollywood, we would occasionally come across British people, and it was in the comedy business. And they're like, "You gotta watch Faulty Towers." It's like, <laughs> I'm not fucking watching that. I mean, my dad liked Faulty Towers. Uh, all right. So this is my own prison by Creed. Yeah, it's bad. I can't believe we're still listening to it. We should. You know what? It I actually, already. I will say this: like, my guard was already up because I don't remember ever listening to this song. Yeah, I think I would turn it off constantly. And what ended up happening, they became like the biggest band in America. Yeah. Which is crazy in retrospect. Creed, uh, let's move on to a band that uh, we both enjoy. It'll be interesting to revisit this one, Bob. Oh, you know what it is, Bob. It is funny, the first like little guitar string, I thought it was Hotel Yorba. <laughs> Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. 
Time grabs you by the rest, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why. It's not a question, but a lesson learned in time. It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right. I hope you had the time of your life. And just like that, a million senior quotes were born. <laughs> About 30% of all senior quotes in 1998 was that. Yeah, it's true. Um, This was, if you were a college senior when this song came out, which we were. High school. uh, Excuse me, high school senior. This was the song. That was it. This was it. It was a rap. It was like, you could fight it if you want, but just sometimes like in pop culture, something just gets dropped in your lap. You don't even have a choice. Yeah. And I'll give credit to Green Day or just like the music gods. I know it's a little on the nose and maybe it's a little like, you know, a little hokey, the song or whatever. But it was it was natural. It's not like uh, like Vitamin C came out the next year with the graduation song. Right. Or right. like all these other songs that come out. Like yeah. Clearly are generated to be the senior song. This was an organic senior song. It was surprising. It was partially surprising that Green Day had this in them, even though they always kind of, they would give you like little teases that they had this kind of songwriting abilities, but it was still shocking that this song came from the the Masturbate and Get Stoned guys. Yeah, and if you were like a fan of Dookie or even the earlier albums, I know you were, Bob, but there there were a lot of people that probably were like, oh, Green Day's, they're finished, they're over the hill, this is like their sellout moment. This was actually written during the Dookie era, and they held on to it for years and put it out on Nimrod. And we didn't know it at the time. It seemed like Green Day was a little bit off the radar by that point. Right. What it actually, it, when you now look back and then you know, like, American Idiot came, they were, like, in the process of building one of the better, like, rock careers of the last 30 years. Yeah. And this was just, like, the middle period of it. And it seemed at the time they're like, oh, Green Day's back. They have a bit of, like, a sneaky novelty hit. They're like, no, we're like one of the better rock bands, and this is our like anthem, put your lighters in the air single that you're going to know forever. Well, everybody assumed they Shouts were like, the Green Day. Everybody assumed they were a one album wonder. And then, you know, the, the subsequent albums, there'd be a single that was big, but then they wouldn't have that sort of sustained success with it. Yeah. I really like the album that came after that, Warning, which had yes. several really good singles that were. Maybe moderately successful on alternative rock uh-huh. radio, but didn't cross over. But yeah, it is funny when you step back and you look at like American Idiot and Jesus of Suburbia. Was that the wait? No, what was the next? That one? was the single on it. That was the single. What was yeah. the next album after American Idiot? I don't know, but American Idiot was so massive that right. it, that was just the exclamation point on their career. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like I, they had. We should, in retrospect, like. American Idiot was kind of shocking if you were a alternative rock fan because it came 10 years after Dookie. But when you like look at all the breadcrumbs, which yeah. included this song and then the album before American Idiot, which is also was like a pretty political album in retrospect, but people just weren't paying attention. It's like, right. oh, wait, these guys are still putting out really good music and there's a chance they could hit big. And they did. Very interesting. Put it on the board. They're like a super... <laughs> they're like a super sneaky interesting band in rock history yeah people I agree. give them enough credit speaking of that 
super interesting man. Super interesting. God, we can't avoid this man. <laughs> we can't try, so let's just lean into it, Bob. I remember thinking at the time, like, I wasn't even sure this was a song. <laughs> so far, I feel the same way. But I'm intrigued. I feel like the chorus, as my, as I remember, because I haven't heard this song in 20 years, yeah. comes like four minutes into the song. That sounds right. I can't remember where this falls on the side of Dave Matthews songs that we hate or Dave Matthews songs that we surprisingly love. Yeah, I still can't listen. tell listening to it. Oh, wait. Daddy likes it. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. I remember it being the one thing I remember about the song is that it's a mega cock teaser. Right. Do I like this? I just like the end of it. Like, as I recall, and again, I haven't heard this in 19 years, he gets angry. And you're just yeah. like, I oh, don't drink the water. <laughs> There's bugs in the water. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, Dave. All right, dude. All right, bro. It's all good, man. Wait, should I try to find that part? Hang on. Maybe this is it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's getting down. the water. Fuck the water. the water. Is that the guy from the Sting song in Desert Rose? I think it's Nicolas Cage. There's something very insane about this. This is a seven-minute song. Oh, my God. That was, I think we're at, like, number six or something on the countdown. Uh, okay. Okay. I like this song. Really? I don't. I can't get... I can't, oh, really? I can't fall in line with that one. Okay. Well, I do. I, just I like the beginning say, of it. I liked how it started. I was kind of in for a minute. I like... Okay, so I like... And I like... Satellite and I like that was like wait was that one song right there? <laughs> I like every day. Yeah, I, like I like every day. And I like uh, let me see your skirt and see your let me see Doctor John butthole show your butthole to me. And I like uh, I don't like what would you say? Don't bite the mailman. I do like I don't know that one. <laughs> that, was, that was what would you say? That was the next line. Oh really? I did like. Uh, it's marching. Not how it goes. Not I did really place. like that song. I liked um, Crazy. Kaiser. I liked. Um, and we both like Grave Digger. Grave Digger. Would you dig my grave? But I really liked. Did I say Sat who I think you did. I think you did. So, I, I mean, if this is the last episode, I got to. Say I'm up to like 44 Dave Matthews band songs that I like. 
<laughs> which is a surprise to me if I learned one thing from this podcast is that I uh, I think I like that if band. I learned way one more thing from this podcast. It's that the violinist still kicking. Yes. Call back. He's alive, but one of them is dead. That is true. One of them is dead. Okay. By them, I mean Dave Matthews Band band members. That's what I meant to. I will give you more when I get paid again. I hate those people who love to tell you money is the root of all the kills. They have never been poor. They have never had the joy of the welfare Christmas. We did this one, right? We did this one. Big update, guys, for everyone listening. Everclear back on tour this summer with Marcy Playground. Did you know uh, they actually even have like a, a tag for the tour? So uh, it's uh, we really need this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they're just not being subtle about it anymore. But yeah, they do. Yeah, uh, and this song, uh, they actually reworked the lyrics for uh, this tour. Uh, I'm back having welfare Christmases. <laughs> it's uh, please buy me a new life. Is the uh, the reworked I like this lyrics? Bit. I like this bit. It's a good bit. <laughs> Like, Someone buy me a big house. It's like, I now live in my car. <laughs> the new version of Santa Monica is really good. It's, and I live beside the ocean. It's like, right up on the shore. It's like, I'm back in the ocean. I'm thinking about in it again. <laughs> Suicide joke. All right. Father of mine, can I borrow some money? It's really sad. It's really pathetic. I forgive you. Now, can we put that behind us? Can I get 20 bucks? Shit. This is one of my favorite uh, Art tropes. save his money. Is when people like us make fun of people that have millions. Right. Like, it's just hitting out. There's nothing that I think is funnier than a guy like, imagining like Scott Bayo, who no <laughs> doubt has like money in the bank for his entire life. Oh, he's set. When he shows up and everybody just makes fun of him for working at like IHOP. It's like the right. go-to joke. It's like, oh, Scott Bayo. Where's Scott Bayo been? He has to get it off his shift. And it's like, the dude's a millionaire forever. And here we are on Twitter shitting on him. He's, I just love that we always he's do He's doing that. whatever he wants. But I just imagine yeah. being Scott Bayo where you're like, wait, what are they saying about me? That makes sure. no sense. All right. We're in the top three. And... Uh, Bob, this is in my top 10 of the 90s, so let's uh, listen to Semisonic. Another great, great senior line, senior quote line. Oh, yeah. To go home, but you can't stay here. I know who want to take me home. I know who want to take me home. Dan Wilson, you magnificent son of a bitch. This guy's so good. Super talented. Great songwriter. Wrote a song that every bouncer across the country was like, hey, wouldn't it be really cool if this was the last song we played before everybody goes home? <laughs> Wait, the bouncers control the playlist? No, that's bars? what he said to the DJ. Oh, he did it. He said it to the DJ, yeah. Oh, you think he was... <laughs> See, it's not such a cool thing. He was, going, he was saying, my hit single... 
You want to close out the, the night? No, no, this? the bouncer was saying it to the DJ at every bar. That's what was happening. Was oh, the all... bouncer is yeah, saying the to bouncer. the DJ. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just figured it Isn't the bouncer outside so he doesn't really hear what's going on in no, the bar? No, like when the, when the DJ comes out for a smoke break, they're talking. And he's like, hey, you know what would be cool? Play that, uh, there's a song called Closing yeah, Time. Play Closing Time. Yeah. Or the Creed song. <laughs> I like that one a hey, lot. Hey, uh, I know we're not at war yet, but when we are, the band Three Doors Down is going to come around. <laughs> and they're going to get it. And I'm going to love them. They're really going to support the troops in a way that most American rock And I'm, I'm most likely going to be a troop. So support me. <laughs> so that's how it all played out. Very strange. Yeah. Uh... I love feeling strangely fine. If this podcast went on for another 25 episodes, I would uh, badger Bob into eventually doing this because there's a lot of great songs on feeling strangely fine. Not just this, which was a great single and one of the best album starters of the 90s. It's track one. But that's just such a it's it's one of those like super nostalgic, wistful songs that put you exactly back yep. into 1998. Yeah, it's great. Um, and I'm happy that he went on to like write Grammy-winning songs. Cause yeah, he worked with the Dixie Chicks. Yeah. and He actually wrote the best Dixie Chicks song, too. Uh, which one was that? Which, ironically, or coincidentally, after they got in trouble because Natalie Maines uh, shit on George Bush. Not literally. I think she did. I think that was the controversy. She oh, actually she defecated on yeah. him. Uh, <laughs> and there was a massive outcry. It kind of ruined their career. However, they did have that comeback album where it was like, I'm not ready to make nice. Yeah, that was great. I'm not ready to back down. And he uh, co-wrote that song. Co-wrote that, co-wrote Adele it. songs. What mm-hmm. songs? Adele. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Danny's doing okay. That's amazing. Okay, we should listen to the uh, senior quote line here. All right, I'm leaving. Let me just get my stuff. All right, we're going. We're leaving. Can I just finish, <laughs> can I just finish my beer? It's never happened. But closing time. Every new beginning comes from some other beginnings. Good job, Danny. I mean, I wish I was in a bar where closing time actually closed out the bar. I don't remember it ever happening. Really? Oh my god, I remember that so often in college. Really? Yeah. Maybe I wasn't closing out bars. I don't know. Maybe you were just at home jerking off, loser. Closing time. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Two songs left? That is how... That's basically throughout the late 90s whenever I was finishing. Climaxing. Yeah. Closing time. Oh, that's a good move. <laughs> I was alone. Yeah, Hopelessly alone. Speaking of sex, sex. If you were born between 1977 and 1983, is there any way you've never heard this song? Zero possibility. Which is weird because it wasn't like a huge 
crossover hit, I don't think. Probably not. But it has aged so well, and it's played so often on any type of rock format. Like, if you, any rock radio station or on uh, satellite radio or whatever, if you have a stable of alternative rock songs, Sex and Candy by Marcy's Playground absolutely has to be on it. Because it's just a great, like, signpost of the times. It's got, like, that perfect lethargic sort of singing and beat and everything. Right. It's great. And there was, like, a... You, re- you would read about it all the time, even in the 90s, then after the 90s, about how oh, the 90s are so ironic. and It was all about being ironic. I never quite understood what it meant, but this is a perfect example of that type of like 90s irony, which is this like very low-key song, and this guy had a very like droll voice, and it's like, sex and candy. It's like sung in a... A very like you would think a song called Sex and Candy would be a be wild like, song. A big like Guns N' Roses song or and something. And like a big like hook of this is that it's like very low key. And even the video remember is just this guy, I think they're an Austin, Texas based band. His head was sticking out in this like diorama and uh there was like a tarantula walking yeah. by him. He's very cool and under control. I saw Marcy Playground. I saw them uh, open up for Everclear in nineteen ninety seven or so. Really? Do you know any other Marcy Playgrounds? No, I don't. But I remember even, I remember at the time being like, I'm glad I'm seeing this on live because I know that it's one of these songs that will always be around. That's like uh, a few weeks back when we were in Hollywood and we both knew that the darkness were playing right down the street and we said, we got to see them. Because they're never going to be back here ever again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what I wanted to say to the listeners. Um, thank you for voting in the poll where you wanted us to do the Darkness album. Unfortunately, uh, this might be our last show, so I don't know if we're going to do it. But we did go see the Darkness live. We went to the Andre the Giant uh, premiere. Yes. To see the documentary at the Cinemadrome at the Arclight. Went to the after party. And while we were at this after party, eating free food and drinking free booze. Right. With... Vince Vaughn and Hulk Hogan. Right. And Carrie Always. And Carrie Always, who looks different. And Ralphie from A Christmas Story. Ralphie, one of the guys from Silicon Valley. There was a lot of uh, a lot of people to get excited about. If you're like, oh, which guy was it? It was the guy that was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe if we do this coding. That, that was the best Thomas Middleditch impression I've ever heard. <laughs> Well, there was also there's also the guy that's like, well, Gilfoyle, you're a total piece of shit. Yeah, he was there that too. That guy was there too. And uh, the best guy from Adventureland, like the little guy that hits oh, him in the nuts guy. the whole yeah. time. He's yeah. friends with the uh, sardonic guy. Yeah. So there you go. In real so there, life. So here we are, just you know, hobnobbing, rubbing rubbing elbows with the uh, the best of the best. And uh, Dan Hansis turns to me and says, "You want to blow this fucking popsicle yeah. joint?" Was no, the- actually, the, the exact quote was. Do you want to blow me right now? Oh, I misheard you. I thought you wanted to leave and go see the darkness. You know, I get a couple drinks in me and then I proposition no, I get you it. for yeah, oral, yeah, yeah. oral sex. That's that's part of our friendship. So tonight. I put down my free uh, shitty crepe because it was all French themed food. That was bad. Yeah, let's calm down with the French food. Because, you know, bad. Andre. Uh, yeah. And uh, we left and we walked to the Fonda to see the darkness. And we walked in. The show was about half over. 
Right. We tried to walk right in, showing our wristbands from the Andre the Giant premiere. It was a move. Trying to trick the... Uh, <laughs> the it was power play. It, didn't it was a power play. It didn't quite work out. We did have to buy tickets. But we ended up seeing, uh, I'd say, 55% of the show. Yeah, right about that. Yeah. And it Which was, is about as much as a, a darkness concert you need to see. And we totally lucked out that uh, they backloaded it for us. Right. So we got to see all of the songs off the first album that we would have wanted to see. Most of them. Yeah. Most of them, yeah. Maybe we missed one. But it was fucking great. Yeah, it they were so good. Really good. I wish we He's could do so a good. podcast. Justin Hawkins, shout out, uh, was an awesome lead singer. It was like, now I know... You know, it was like a kind of a David Lee Roth type, a lead singer performance, only he's also a great guitarist. And he's funny. He's funny as hell. He's legitimately funny. Uh, but yeah, we got we got to see The Darkness do, I believe, uh, in A Thing Called Love as the closing song. And they teased it, and I think we tweeted this out or sent it out on Instagram on Throwback Pod with a little bit of uh, Supersonic to get into, which is... Nice. Yes, it was very cool. I have a question about this song right off the bat. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Listen. Right. You notice something there. A very famous song in this era. Yeah, Joel. Is that her? Yeah. He's like flipping through the radio. I mean, how much did they have to pay for that? Probably nothing, because it was That's like... Foolish Games. Yeah. Right? I bet nothing, because at the time she was like, oh, that's me, and probably didn't even know she could sue. Even though, like, the Rolling Stones were making millions. She was probably <laughs> Maybe like, we shouldn't snitch on fastball. Don't snitch. These guys don't need this right now. All right, let's listen to the number one song uh, this week. I can't believe this was a number one song. Alternative rocks. I know, yeah. but still. Come down, bro. I'm surprised by this. Let me be surprised. This is one of the great music come-ins for the decade. We drank up the that's an industry term. This uh, this hits my sweet spot. Why is that? I, I can see why it does. But I still love it. To the I, I can't explain it. It just, I just love this sound. It's just all working for me. Still, yeah, it sounds so 1998, but it still sounds good to me. Yeah, like this was. It's a, especially in this era where yeah, as as you heard Creed earlier and soon. Creed and Limp Bizkit and Corn and all that other shit would infect popular music. Then 9-11 happened. 9-11 happened. And it wiped out bands like Fastball. Yeah. So th- this is like one of those last, like the last stand of this era in a way. Of like just a really fun pop song. I, I put this in the same category as uh, You Get What You Give, yep. New Radicals. Just like really fun pop rock music. That was basically wiped away by boy bands and uh, new metal. Hey, remember one song ago when I told you I saw Marcy Playground open for Everclear? 
No, I can. I have already forgotten. Yep. Yeah. This was the other band on the bill. What a bill! At Roseland, Everclear had Fastball and Marcy Playground opening for them. Holy shit! Yeah. And now I think they're all touring together again this summer. So let's go. Mm. Let's do it. All right. Hold on. I mean, we have nothing. We went to a darkness concert, so we can't really. If you had to pick one of these nostalgia tours that's happening this summer, there's uh, that. There's the Summerland tour. There's uh, the Counting Crows touring live. live again. You could stop there, Bob. You want to go see that again? Yeah, we saw the Crows in live in 2000. So I know. So 18 need- years later, we could be really disappointed and see them. That's uh, what I feel again. like that would be. I feel like well, I feel like any of these would be very exactly. disappointing. So I guess there is no winning. Like live has a bunch of songs I like. Counting Crows obviously a bunch of songs I like. I feel like that is the show to go to. There was right? a festival down in San Diego or Del Mar happening in a couple months. That um, beyond having uh, our good friend Nikki Glazer performing as one of the comedians, right, has some incredible '90s bands. I'm going to pull it up while this song plays. Vamp, Dan. Uh, let me teach you how to vamp, Bob. All right. That's uh, the beginning of that song. Foolish Games. Roy Orbison's "You Got It." Madonna's "Vogue." All songs for a month, and you know Madonna's litigious. So I wonder if they were all on the same record label. Interesting. Interesting. If you know that. So the secret to good vamping is having your laptop open in front of you? That's Well, yeah, being prepared and vaguely professional, yes. Okay, so beyond uh, the Foo Fighters who are headlining at the Cabo Del Mar Festival, listen to some of these people. And there's a lot of respectable artists as well, like NERD and uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Sure. Oh, highly respected. Here we go. Listen to this. Uh, Allison Chains, Jewel. Jimmy Eat World, Cake, Big Boy, Stone Temple Pilots, TLC, The All-American Rejects, Dan, Better Than Ezra, oh, Everclear, no. Soul Asylum, Candlebox, Vanessa Carlton, and Nikki Glaser. Wow, what a bill. I kind of feel like we have to go to this. I'm going to remove Lisa Loeb and put Jewel Fuck, on my right. Mount Rushmore. Makes sense. I guess I'll remove... No, you can't have her. She's Why? Not, Wait, she's my... we... I mean, I don't want to share a Mount Rushmore it's with like you. That's a, um, a, in football, if you a franchise tag with exclusive rights, I just franchise Jewel. All right. Well, then I'm taking the Spice Girls. <laughs> All of them as Even one. Baby. <laughs> uh, Sporty actually would be the one. It'd be kind of a risque move. Nobody ever said Sporty was my favorite Spice Girl. That is true. Um. Uh, okay. So. There you go. That is the uh, 1998 April, uh, 20 years ago. The top 10 alternative songs. And this might be the end for the Throwback Podcast. Maybe it's not. But uh, thank you to everybody again for listening. Uh, yeah, thank you guys. I mean, for for you guys that have reached out to us and like emailed us, thank you for the emails. All the t- people that have tweeted at yes. us and... And with like the little inside jokes from the show, that's the best part I, I, from my other podcast. The best part of the show is when everyone's kind of in on the same jokes and stuff. And, and the people that have listened to all the episodes and, and and get our sense of humor, that has been very rewarding. Uh, I just wish uh, fucking HeadGum saw the same thing. It's, I'm over it, Bob. You're over it. I know. Mad. You know, it's a numbers game. Some relationships are just meant to end. Uh, did they have to change the password, the Netflix password, though? You know what, though? I hope you had the time of your life. (laughs) 
Speaking of which, we need to choose a, a final song for our playlist. And I'm going to I mean, that I, I'm sure you're being funny there. You could go with that one and that works. No, but that feels strong. I wouldn't I haven't really enjoyed doing this with you, Bob. But has it been the time of my life? No, probably not. I would hope not. No, that would be weird. <laughs> uh, I do think a fitting way to go out, though, would be if this is indeed our last episode, the last song. I have no problem with this. Um, so why don't we just Brian Wilson <laughs> with Brian Wilson? <laughs> no, we'll run it back with fastball. Uh, Austin Texans own Texas own. And we will uh, uh, be still reachable. We can give you that. Find us yeah. on Twitter at throwback pod. Instagram throwback pod. Wait, hold on. I'm overthinking this. I'm overthinking this final song. Yeah, it's too late. Sorry. We're not going to do Creed, Bob. No, not Creed. Should we do Foo Fighters? No, it's too late. We both really liked it. I guess it is too late. uh, Once it starts, it's over. That is true. But I feel like I would have fought you on it anyway if it makes you feel better. Oh, okay. I'm okay with that then. Um, uh, Yeah, and hit us up uh, on... uh, Throwback, the throwback pod at Gmail. Stay wait, in contact wait, wait, with wait, us. Wait, wait. Can we can we do another Wyclef song from three episodes ago? <laughs> it's over, okay. Yeah, this is the end, Bob. Potentially. Got it. So, Got it. Uh, yes. yes. I'm not going to interrupt you again. Thank you to everybody for listening, and uh, we hope to be back down the road. I feel like we will be. I just uh, call it a gut feeling. We'll see what happens. But if we're not, uh, it's been a lot of fun. We enjoyed doing it. We enjoyed hearing from you and you enjoying us yeah we like that yeah. thank you guys so much uh so there's yeah the only other thing i have to say is uh go fuck yourself go fuck yourselves <laughs> <laughs>